Welcome to Changing the Narrative. This is a podcast, Enriching Lives with Fresh Possibilities. I'm Dina Eccles, and here with me in the studio of WDRT is my guest, Owen Small. Owen is a singer-songwriter, multimedia artist, activist, and community organizer. His work centers on climate justice and supporting indigenous-led actions against extractive industry. Welcome, Owen. Welcome uh, to you, too. Welcome to your brand new podcast. I hear this is the first, the first episode, so here we go. Yeah, so we can't wreck it, okay? Yeah, I'll try not to. Do my best. Yeah, well, actually, in, in truth be told, we've met in Standing Rock, right? That's where you had your bus, and uh, we were both working in the media. We did, yeah. That would have been, 2016. I think, yeah, 20, yep, fall of 2016. Yeah, fall and into winter. And into winter. And into the closing. Yeah, we were there. Um, so it's nice to see you again. It's 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 great to be here. <laughs> and uh, you're visiting the area with your Chevrolet Bluebird school bus. Yes. Uh, since the time that we last saw each other, I have been living in a 40-year-old uh, Chevy school bus. Uh, it's a Bluebird um, body on a Chevy chassis, and I was just uh, I was just down at this thing called. The down on the farm iron, sorry, down on the farm iron pour in Decorah, Iowa, mm-hmm. which is the first time I've ever seen an iron pour, and it was pretty rad. And so, made the made the journey from there through uh, the effigy mounds, and then came here. So yeah, you've been all over. I was looking at your Facebook page. Yeah, this past month or so has been yeah a lot more traveling than I think I normally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and you've been living in the bus all that time. Yep, full and it's time. Solar driven. Well, well, I live off of solar. Right, I, right. I, I I will, uh, you know, admit that the the drivetrain is gasoline. Got you it. know, yeah. But uh, but everything else is, uh, yeah, pretty pretty well off grid. Mm-hmm. So, how's it been for you? It has been a wonderful exploration into the world of tiny living, maybe nomadic living, um, and you know, somebody I guess who. Spends a lot of time around environmental issues and activism. It, it, it's a it's the type of lifestyle that has made me, I think, consider all all of the basic needs that a human has mm-hmm. to survive. Um, from like where the water is coming from, how much of it can you use, how are we heating, where is that coming from, um, where are we getting our power, uh, how much power can we can we use. Um, Amongst a variety of other things, so it, it's been an interesting learning experience, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over the the hat boys, it's been about six years. I think that I've lived full time in that bus year round in the Upper Midwest, mainly what we call uh, Minnesota. So wintering in it by wood burning stove, and summers usually, uh, you know, in in what we call Minnesota, but the northern part of like the 1855 and 1854 treaty territories, primarily working with the Anishinaabe. Um, over the last handful of years, organizing against the Line 3 tar sand oil pipeline. So, yeah, let's talk about that, your work with the indigenous people for Line 3 and Line 5, too. You just were there, right? Yeah, it's been it's been a journey. So I, I'll say that, you know, leading up to 2016, this was not something that was uh, a, a prominent part of my life. I feel like, you know, in my younger adult years, that the world that I had thought I understood was was slowly, you know, unraveling and, mm. and starting to make a lot less sense. Um, I found myself inside the occupation in the Ocheti Shakoin camp um, at Standing Rock, uh, where I stayed for about five months. And um, 
there's probably a million stories about how I ended up exactly in that camp, but maybe for, for another time. Um, but pretty much my life since then has revolved around working with indigenous communities against extractive industry. So after the, the raids in the Ocheti Shakoin camp at Standing Rock, um, ended up heading back towards Minnesota. I took a little bit of time to breathe because that, that was a... Intense. That was an intense experience. Yes. Yeah. Um, ended up traveling down to, to Denver and then back. But by the spring of 2018, um, fell right into organizing against the Line 3 tar sand oil pipeline, which at the time was being proposed uh, to be constructed from... Alberta, Canada to uh, Superior, Wisconsin, um, with about 330 miles of that pipeline traveling through what we call Minnesota. Right. And the wild rice. And the wild rice. And, you know, I, I guess we're, we're podcasting here from Wisconsin, but I think we're close enough, maybe enemies on the other side of the the border as far as states go, right? We're Minnesotans, so we're not supposed to like you, you folk in Wisconsin. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't have that. That's not my issue. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just a Vikings-Packers thing or something. And yeah. I don't watch maybe that, that's the so... Beef. Um, yeah, me I'm neither. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we can leave it behind. No, and I've, I've gone up to uh, meet with the people up there. Uh, haven't had the same kind of time that I had in 2016 to be at Oshetti. But, um, yeah, it's definitely an important thing that's happening. And, and I, I think, and that's one of the reasons I asked you to be here, because I don't think people fully understand the, you know, the effort that's being made to stop the pipelines, to educate people what the pipelines are doing. You know, I know people are waking up. They're waking up to things. You know, the, the train derailment in Ohio, I, that's, that area is like 25 miles from my home grew up where I grew up and that really woke a lot of people up you know all the pollution and stuff and and so I think a lot of people don't realize that what we definitely saw at Standing Rock which was the pipeline was scheduled to go through Bismarck but was then put through indigenous territory native territory and and that's that's all by design you know that's all by design. So to have people like yourself who never stop, you know, you're trying to educate people. Your bus is out there. It's great. It's painted. It's like telling people, look at me. Here's the signs. This is what you need to think about, you know, instead of the Packers Vikings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And, and where I was going with that, um, you know, it was just that in Minnesota, like on all of our license plates and everything, it's a land of 10,000 lakes. So when we're bringing up something right. like the Line 3, you know, oil pipeline, it was constructed across, you know, basically if you've been to northern yeah. Minnesota, it is it is waterway, stream, lake, everything. Right. And um, line three is one of a handful of pipelines that comprise the Enbridge mainline corridor, which crosses um, Minnesota. It was built over 60 years ago um, with, with a series of these oil pipelines. And it's basically the connection point between the tar sands region of Alberta, Canada, to where that petroleum ends up in the market. Um, and if you don't, you know, for the folks that are listening, if you, if you don't know exactly what tar sand oil is, it, it's very different than, you know, if you think of like the no country for old men type of oil where you put a, you know, well in the ground, it just starts gushing out. So tar sand um, oil is is basically these, these very small uh, particles of bitumen or basically asphalt that's attached to sand in this region of boreal forest in Canada. Um, near the Athabasca River. And so to, to extract this resource, you're basically clear-cutting a forest and then you're open pit strip mining 
the sand that's underneath it, and then you're you're taking steam and other oils to you know pulverize those particles to remove the bitumen from the sand, and what you end up with is is just the bitumen and. Bitumen basically means asphalt. So what you end up is is with a petroleum project, or excuse me, with a petroleum product that is basically the consistency of asphalt. Mm. And you obviously can't um, you can't put asphalt in a pipeline. And so um, you know after that kind of preliminary extraction process, then Enbridge and, and the, the companies that ship these things they infuse the um, that bitumen with a, with a bunch of chemicals that make it so it, it's you know it can flow, um, and the the chemicals that they that they put in the diluents, um, you know, are not disclosed to regulators. They're not disclosed to local communities. And then you have this basically what you call tar sand heavy crude coming through these oil pipelines. And as we saw with um, an extension of Line Five on the Six B route um, in Kalamazoo, and I think it was 2010 when that Correct. pipeline you know ruptured. Um, th- when this product spills in a local area, it's very different than than normal oil. If you think about what happens maybe in the Gulf, not that that's a good thing, right? But you have the picture <laughs> of the, you know, the sheen of oil on the surface of the water. Um, with tar sand, heavy crude, it's different. Where the hydrocarbons, the diluents that are mixed into there, those are going to evaporate, and then the remaining bitumen is just going to sink to the bottom mm-hmm. of the waterway. Mm-hmm. So it, it basically becomes a situation where you can't, you know, you can't scoop it off the top, you can't skim it, and whatever water source um, that that petroleum ends up in is basically toast forever. Mm. You can, you know, you can only basically dredge an entire waterway or entire riverway to remove this, um, and it, it's been over a decade, and they're still not even, I wouldn't say, close to remediating the area around the Kalamazoo River spill right. in yeah. 2010. And, you know, in the efforts that they did, I mean, you still, I think, walk on the land and it's, like, soggy. I mean, it's a mess. Right. So, um, so I mean, yeah, Line 3 was originally proposed, um, you know, like a long time ago to, to rebuild this um, because this whole Enbridge mainline corridor was built a long time ago. Um, at the time when they're proposing Line 3, it had over 900 structural anomalies, um, a.k.a. it was... <laughs> you know, structurally, and instead of like replacing it, they, um, or, you know, were like fixing it, continuing to maintain it. They proposed building a new corridor mm-hmm. for the line. So it was, uh, you know, it's a pipeline that yes goes through um, all of the lakes and rivers. Um, I think over seventy miles of wetland, and then Monoman, which is the sacred grain of the Anishinaabe people. And you know, for maybe anybody listening, right, if you've had wild rice. That is uh, that is Monoman, and that's what the Anishinaabe people or the Ojibwe Chippewa. Mm-hmm. That's what they call Monoman, and it's part of their um, creation story that they that they were a people originally on the eastern side of Turtle Island, and they, and they came to this um, this region, uh, you know, looking for where uh, the food grows on water, and what they ultimately found is the wild rice, and it's a, it, you know if you've had it, it's an amazing rice you know it is it is just full of minerals you can basically live off of it and it's so different than like a patty rice and so um yeah you know through monoman you know areas um you know through what is probably at least in minnesota the last stretches of clean water you know where you can actually like fish out of um still uh you know across the the headwaters of mississippi river in two locations total mess um and then i think beyond that right like you know, we're at this, what seems like an incredible juncture in the human story, 
Um, and you know, the choice to rebuild this infrastructure at a time like now is basically committing to 50 more years of delivering this product to market. This is a really important thing that you're bringing up, this moment of choice, this commitment, because it's happening on many levels and in many ways. You're, you're very focused on the pipelines, but it's also happening with the electricity. There's discussion happening about putting up a nuclear power plant again, probably on the Mississippi River here in, you know, our our county. And, you know, just people needing to be aware of these decisions that we're making and the long-term implications. And maybe we won't be here paying for it, but somebody's going to be. The future generations are going to be. So, yeah, it's a really critical moment to stop being so self-centered, I think, which is what you were talking about, living on your bus. You know, you learn how to live simply. It was Gandhi that said, live simply so that others can simply live. And there's so much truth to that. And it's so exciting. People see it as sacrifice. I mean, this is how I live. You're going to come to my place tomorrow, and you'll see. You know, it, it's, it's, there's not sacrifice. There's enjoyment. There's discovery. There's, you know, it's an amazing experience to realize that you're not harming, doing harm. You're minimizing the amount of harm that you're doing. So I really commend you that, you know, you kind of came out of Standing Rock and yeah, it took that break that you needed. <laughs> I know I was, uh, yeah, it took a while to be able to function again. Um, but using your time well, you know, and helping to educate people. Because we don't know, you know, we just know we go to the gas pump and the gas is there and turn on our stoves and the st- Gas is there, and we don't really, haven't really cared. We're starting to care, and we need to care. And we need to take the tips, I think, of what you're doing to learn from the people who were here before us. You know, because had, had we made that choice early on, if we had listened early on, we may not be in the fix that we're in right now. We may have made other choices. So there's quite an education ahead. So. What is it? What is the most enjoyable part of being an ally to the people that you've been helping and working with? Yeah, and I might, I might, I might unpack a couple of those things because I, you know, I do think that you know, while I spend a lot of my time educating, I'm also learning, uh-huh. um, and you know, I'm learning what I feel like is a very different value system than I was raised in. So mm-hmm. I was. I was born in Cape Town, South Africa. Peace Corps parents. You know, I, I, I spent my first year and a half with with monkeys and diapers in Burkina Faso, <laughs> you know, but I, I was basically raised in, in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say that growing up, you know, in a metro area or just, you know, in that, in that Twin Cities environment, like I, I was not raised around Native American culture or belief systems. And I, and I feel like, you know, I was, I was given a lot of opportunities growing up, you know, to, to be put on this track that like is successful in what we, in how we think of that broadly as like an American kind mm-hmm. of, you know, thing. And, and so, you know, learning the things about like marketing and, you know, business management and like all these things, these tools to like win in this system. Um, and I, I feel like, you know, a lot of that understanding started to unravel when I showed up in, you know, at, at what we called the Standing Rock movement. Like it, it started to, I think, like build a different framework underneath me mm-hmm. um, to, to be able to think about these things. And, over these years, I mean, I'm, I do think that I'm fighting pipelines in a sense, 
but that's kind of also like fighting. I mean, we're fighting the most powerful forces, you know, that have ever been on the planet, you know, because these pipelines are, 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 you know, fueling this empire, they're fueling the war machine and everything, you know, and, but along the way, learning from, you know, the best I can as a non-native person from the, the indigenous worldview, which is, I think, something that's like wholesomely lacking in the discourse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, without wanting to like appropriate culture, but literally just understanding things a little bit differently. They have the things like the seven teachings, you know, of like for the Anishinaabe people of, you know, love, compassion, humility, wisdom, mm-hmm. respect, truth, and then, mm-hmm. you know, bravery or like a strength of heart and these like these basic ideas that if you hold these teachings, right? And, you know, when you compare them to what makes you successful in like, <laughs> you know, what we'll call maybe American culture or whatever, the mainstream kind of world, it's like, it's almost a polar opposite. And so, um, you know, I, I just think there's something to be said that like while we're, you know, we're kind of fighting pipelines, you know, I, I don't think we can simply just like switch extraction to, to do something like solar. Like we've got a lot of culture rebuilding to do and like learning. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, the, that's the, cri- the critical aspect of what we're trying to do, you know, I think. And we have these technologies, so we can sit here. You know, yep. you can drive your bus, and you know, there's different things. I have solar panels up, and you know, we can do, we can usher in a new time. You know, I always, uh, the more I read other people, learn, and meet other people from many cultures, the core of being human has pretty much always been the same. Somehow we've lost our track. You know, somehow. Even the, even the capitalism that I was raised with is totally different than the capital. I mean, I'm dating myself, but, you know, it's totally different now. It's so, again, me-centered. It's so selfish. There's a selfishness. We don't care. I remember one time this guy saying to me, you know, he, uh, he was involved with uh, bringing the, his big trucks to do all this heavy excavation work and stuff, and I said something about the earth, and he said, you know, what he's doing to the earth, and he said, better the earth than me. And I was just like, wow, dude, you know, you know, really? That that much pain you're carrying? You know, that that's what you see? You don't understand? But that's that's something we've learned. Our culture has acquired this, and we, we keep handing it down to our to the next generation, you know? So somewhere to put your foot in the door and say, no, I'm going to be someone who's not going to do that. I was listening to somebody yesterday, a podcast, and they said, um, uh, fight or stand against, oh, gosh, now I forgot the term. Uh, it'll come back to me. But, um, oh, sanity. Defend, here's what it was, defend your sanity. Now think about that. Defend, because, you know, everybody's out there trying to tell you what sanity is, like you said about success. You know, and you have to defend your sanity in this world. I think it's important. I think what you're doing is really honorable, and I'm really happy to have you here and have you come to the farm when we do this little solar education. It's called Exploring Solar. It'll be long over when this this podcast goes out, but you know we'll be having people talking to people because you know the systems they don't want people to learn how easy it is to do these things. You know, they don't want people. No, 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 don't learn. <laughs> don't learn anything. Keep doing the same old, same old. Keep using the energy. You know, don't, 
don't rock the boat, baby. Mm-hmm. But we're going to keep rocking boats. That's the, your nature, my nature. That's why we came together the first time around, and that's why we're here now. Yeah. You know, and ne- and never doubt the power of that. Never doubt the power of what we do, even when we make mis- quote unquote mistakes. You know, even in that learning and unlearning, even when we do that, because it's in the heart of what we're trying to do that uh, that carries the message. That's what it is. And that's why I called this changing the narrative, because we need to change the narrative. The narrative is a violent one. Mm-hmm. You know? Fourth of July just came and went. Can't get much more violent than blasting fireworks on a parched land. <laughs> you know, not caring whether, you know, the animals are running, the veterans are freaking out, no caring, no caring about any of that. Maybe you're gonna start a fire, you know, it doesn't matter. We're gonna have our fireworks, you know. So Changing the narrative, changing the perspectives, allowing people to come back to their own humanity, because really that's really what's going on. And you got you got whiff, a whiff of it, you know. You got the sense of it, and you were like, "I want more," and that's that's incredible. Yeah, and I, you know, I honestly believe that there are a lot of. So I'm 32, you know, and I'm, <clears throat> I'm you know, kind of I feel like kind of right in between, you know, generations, maybe a little mm-hmm, bit, and. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there are a lot of people that know something's off, like that something's wrong, mm. you know, and you know it seems like almost this divide because and you kind of brought up joy in something else. I don't have a full definition, but I you know it's like I think we know when our hearts and our minds are in different places, and I think one of the struggles that like I acknowledge is this idea of like there's a there's a very logical way to win this system like that's by the mind and it's by the books and it's by the pen and it's by the paper right like in the contracts that stole all the land and did all of it Mm. um you know and then there's like the heart you know and and i think we're very disaligned you know right now and i think there's a lot of people that intuitively know that this isn't going to work much longer right you know i mean okay okay, you know quarter four fine you know next year fine 2025 like great but but seriously do we think that this system's going to work out for, for another 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, right? Um, and I think one of the hardest things that I, I find are, are young people that like have, have basically given up, like they've kind mm-hmm. of found themselves in a place of apathy, like you can't change this. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I wanna believe we're working towards a place where people realize that we can, you mm-hmm. know, and um, you know, and just like that simple idea, I mean, just like, you know, the seven generations from now. I mean, mm-hmm. this idea that we're going to start making decisions now, maybe that are not in the best interest of like my world next year, you know, or my five-year plan, but literally in like my kids, 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 mm-hmm. kids' mm-hmm. future. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, really. This is the, we can do this, see? And I like the change in the narrative thing because mm-hmm. I think that's super important, you know, as a, as a, um, two things you were bringing up sanity too and I just wrote <laughs> I, I just wrote a song a little bit ago you know in the kind of chorus whatever you call it is like you, know, you tell me who who's crazy mm. in a world that's gone insane right <laughs> like um, so yeah I, I, you know, I struggle with like what is the definition of sanity because probably a lot of people think I'm insane you know I mean I live in this school bus and I just literally like have <laughs> I I'm, dedicate my life to just trying to connect with people and like change you know a system that's you know, someone argues it's insane to try to change it. And I would say, well, I think actually the system's insane, you know, and what it's uh, based on. Um, 
and the change in the narrative thing. So as you know, the organizer part of me that works with communities, I mean, you know, these these pipeline fights, for instance, are you know are very divisive. And, and obviously, like us divided is them winning. I mean, when we as common people are just at, at all antagonistic against each other, like that's when the systems above are, are winning. Because as long as we're fighting each other, like we're not going to stop anything. And one of the things I think that's interesting about these pipeline fights, you know, is that they're, they're often going through, um, you know, uh, Indian, what people might call Indian country or like reservations. Um, and in these places that are adjacent with, um, you get, I, 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 I'm using air quotes here through the podcaster, right? <laughs> but like, you know, you've got, um, you know, folks that, that are that maybe lean like, you know, pretty hard to the right in some way or however you kind of want to call it, you know, next to these, um, you know, indigenous communities. And a lot of oftentimes these pipelines go right through. And like mm -hmm. we saw it in, you know, at Standing Rock, right? Like there was Bismarck, which like you brought up, I mean, they said, no, we don't want a pipeline above our drinking water supplies. So let's put it south of us in front of the, you know, the natives. Mm -hmm. um, and the same thing with kind of, you know, what happened with line three. And so these very divided forces. Um, and, I, and I'm like, you know, broadly, broadly really hoping that like, you know, we can kind of drop some of this rhetoric, you know, that's, that's people fighting against people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, there's a, <clears throat> there's a, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I <clears throat> just sat in this training in Massachusetts, um, kind of led by a guy named Ben Fink and Hands Across the Hills. And it, the, the, the training was called like Dialogue Across Divides and trying to figure out how to like have conversations in these spaces. And, you know, I think one of the, one of the things that um, was interesting about what Ben was bringing up, um, you know, is, uh, you know, you never, you know, in, in organizing, it's kind of a concept, right? Like you never build a relationship on, you know, based on something you don't have in common. Mm. Right. And so, you know, just broadly hoping that, you know, between these like right, left divides or liberal, I mean, whatever you want to call it, you know, that we're like finding the things that we do have in common, you know, water being one of those things. Um, Cause the same, folks that find themselves on the side of like wanting to build a pipeline, like they often are, are relying on that water supply around where a pipeline is or anything. And then the fresh water, you know, for their cattle, for their farm, for their everything. And that's what these pipelines threaten above anything. I mean, in, with line three, I mean, we're two years after construction, there's still three ruptured aquifers that are gushing groundwater to the surface, like all of the Fond du Lac area. Um, they, they couldn't harvest uh, wild rice because the water table is too low and it's been very interesting there's some amazing work being done by a group called Wadukawada Mikwag which probably by the time this podcast goes out it's still going to be doing it they've been monitoring all of these water crossings and, and everything in the area up there uh, Wadukawada Mikwag means those who help beaver and there's a guy named Jamie Gaither up in northern Minnesota who you know is very uh, like one, one of the few people I think who's non-native but very vocal against line three and kind of standing on that ground and but we've seen this resurgence I think with you know like the, the landowners are now kind of like wait Mm -hmm. Right. Wait. Right. Yeah. Because we do have something in common. At the base of it all, we're human. Mm -hmm. and, it, and that needs to be remembered. And we've it's been intentionally lost. Mm -hmm. You know, this divide and conquer has been intentionally imposed, and we have accepted it. Okay? I don't blame. I don't lay blame. It's a reality. But I can have a choice not to participate. So when people want me to take a side, I mean, it's really funny sometimes, the sides that I'm supposed to take. It's like I right. say, you know, I say I'm pro-peace, and somebody says, well, I'm anti-war. And it's like, oh, really, we're going to go there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, we're yeah. going to go there? Let's not go there. You yeah. know, let's be human. 
and let's see that what we're doing. Where they go, however we do it. You are on a bus. I'm on a farm. We're doing the same thing. We're doing the same mm. thing. And to have respect, basic respect for one another. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm thinking this was a really good call. I'm glad that we were able to get together and do this. And and it's important this thing that you were just talking about um, community that you're 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 highlighting what's happening in these various communities. I would encourage people to go to your website, seekjoy.com, right? Seekjoy.co. Oh, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's very common. Like, you know, okay. I feel bad for the person whose email address is like Owen <laughs> at seekjoy.com because I'm sure it's loaded with, you know, it, it is just .co, like .co, .co community. Yeah, okay, kind of good. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, they could go there, and you're also on Facebook. Yep, yep, yep. And, the, you know, the Seek Joy Project is basically like trying to find this balance um, to support independent artists, activists, and, and change makers that are... Um, you know, kind of doing what you're doing, doing what we're all mm -hmm. doing, like kind of working toward this like radical social change that mm -hmm. is so needed right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, a lot, and the Seek Joy Project is, is endeavoring to kind of create like a, a way that is supportive of people that want to stay independent and maybe a little bit of a stone's throw outside of kind of the nonprofit, you know, industrial complex kind of a system, which is, I think, um, you know, something that's really needed. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, there's there's very little... I think there's very little support for, you know, um, folks like me, like that are independent activists, especially when I think we're like questioning some of the the broader environmental narratives, you know. Um, and, you know, I mean, like, yeah, the second we start talking about like consuming less, you know, where the grants go, you know, like the grants are for buying, you know, yeah. the next, you know, like electric vehicle or whatever you're going to call it, you know, and, you know, anyways. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, our little, you know, Seek Joy, it's an evolving project, uh, open for collaboration, kind of trying to be a, a model that's maybe exploring cooperative structures or, like, something that is more freeing to allow people to, to just do what they're doing. I mean, there's so many yeah. artists out there that I think are um, just amazingly gifted, and, and they're often using their work as a part of this um, this social change that we're after, um, which I think is probably arguably only something that can happen through things like art and culture at this point, because we've tried it with the science. I mean, we, like enough facts and figures are out, you know, mm -hmm. to paint a very dire picture and nothing's changing, right? So we've got to figure out these other, you know, little ways touch to- Touch the heart. Yeah, touch the heart, right? Touch the heart, right? I always tell people that they, they want to debate, you know, facts and figures. I say, look, they change, okay? Mm -hmm. When I grew up, it was a food pyramid. Now yeah. it's a food circle. You know, it's all it changes. It all changes, and it's going to keep changing. I don't want fact. I don't want to debate facts. I want to know what I know. I want to know what I know, and I want to live by that. And that's so. That's what I do, and that's what you do. And I would love you to take us out with a song. If you're into it, if you would like to, you could. Anything else that you might like to say as well? Because we you know we have time. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, what I might plug really quickly is just this line five situation. Yes, do it. Because um, we brought it no up. No, quickly. We were, it's okay. Yeah, we were talking about line three, which mm -hmm. is, a, you know, this huge pipeline. And then um, one of the, the fights that is, you know, gaining a lot of momentum. And I don't know when this is going to air, if it's going to come out before September. Oh, yeah. Or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, you know, line five, similar era of pipeline infrastructure. Um, it, it connects basically 
uh, from that Superior refining facility of Enbridge's um, in Superior, Wisconsin, which is a massive hub of oil. I mean, mm -hmm. if people don't realize, like, I mean, Superior is just this massive place of, um, you know, all these pipelines coming in and out. Um, and it goes across there, it, goes, it crosses the Bad River Reservation, um, and then it, it goes under the Straits of Mackinac, and then it ultimately ends up, I believe, up in like Ottawa. Hmm. Um, it becomes, a, it, you know, it, it, by a different name when it crosses the border, but this Line 5 pipeline is like 70 years old. Um, similar state of dilapidation. Enbridge is wanting to replace the pipeline. Um, so there's kind of two things going on right now. There is the proposed reconstruction of Line 5. Again, now we're in this similar permitting place as mm -hmm. we were in line three like mm -hmm. what are we you know yes this thing is deteriorating but like do, do does this mean that we build a new one you know or not um so there's you know and what they're trying to do with the new line five is actually build a tunnel underneath the straits of Mackinac to mm -hmm. put this pipeline in so mm -hmm. under lake michigan up there um, and they want to do that because like at, at the moment this pipeline that was built i think it was about 70 years ago is literally just swaying at the bottom of the straits of Mackinac by the Enbridge, you know, facility up there, kind of north of, um, I forget, was it like Traverse City, kind mm -hmm. of, um, or I guess Mackinac City, it's right in Mackinac City. Um, and it's, you know, the anchors have rusted out, so this pipeline's kind of swaying back and forth at the bottom of, you know, this what massive, could go wrong? you know, nothing could go wrong, right? Yeah. I mean, just, you know, ships don't drag anchors or anything, yeah. So you've got that situation going on. About 10 years ago, the Bad River Band um, of Lake Superior, Chippewa, uh, they, they revoked the easement um, that Enbridge had to cross there territory, the reservation. Um, it came up, you know, the easement expired and Ember said, we want to, you know, renew the easement and Bad River said, Gawin, which means no, you know, right? Like just no. So the last 10 years that pipeline has been operating illegally without kind of like, you know, the permission of the tribe across that land. So what, um, you know, what's wild is that when the pipeline was built about 70 years ago, it was originally constructed 320 feet away from Mushkazibi or Bad River. Mm. Um, and over the last 70 years, you know, the, the course, the, the Bad River, um, you know, has, has changed course and it's eroded. And it's eroded, you know, to, to now being within about five feet of That's exposing yeah. the active Line 5 oil pipeline to the full force of that river. And it's a big river. I mean, it's, and it's a very volatile river and it's, um, it swells immensely when there's heavy rains and everything. So, um, you know, it's this precarious situation. There's two things going on. There's the, there's the kind of like long game uh, or longer fight of preventing the permitting, you know, from going through and getting involved at every step of that level and, and getting involved with our local communities to kind of oppose the reconstruction. But then there's also an existing demand to have the pipeline shut down immediately. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if it were to rupture at that spot at Bad River, it's right on the shore of Gitchigummi or, you know, Lake Superior. Um, and again, you'd have a you'd have you know a million gallons like right away, pretty much going into Lake Superior there, and then over where it's swaying at the bottom of Lake Michigan, um, you know, an eruption there would be absolutely catastrophic. And we talked about the the types of fluids that go you know through these pipelines right. and how how bad that would be. So there's a, there's an immediate demand to shut it down because um, I think it's just one of these things like we can talk about all the money that's being made, all this, but like if that water goes, I mean, just literally imagine if you know Lake Superior was not a, you know a lake that you could swim in, fish in, you know, that kind of a thing, which is like kind of a no-brainer. So I wanted to plug that a little bit. And then for folks that, you know, maybe are, are interested, there's a lot of different amazing groups like Communities United by Water that's organizing around it. And Oil Water Don't Mix and mm -hmm. Flow for the Love of Water. Um, you know, Honor the Earth is one of the groups, uh, you know, involved there. Um, you're probably connected with others if I'm forgetting anybody here. Um, 
title track over in Michigan. We just did this like shut down line five solidarity tour where we started at Bad River and then we went down to the Twin Cities and uh, parked in front of the Capitol at Madison and then, uh, you know, kind of went to Beloit and then Kalamazoo and then Detroit, then up to Traverse City and then <laughs> back through the UP. It was a crazy trip. Um, <laughs> but great. Yeah. I mean, a lot of cool people. And um, one of the one of the like kind of like capstone events of you know that people are are pointing to for line five this year is september 1st to the 4th it's the water is life festival okay it'll be up in like petoskey michigan and then there's a big bridge walk across mackinac city i might be pl uh, playing a set there with uh with my colleague uh sunny leilani who just put out an amazing just 18 track album called ancient love story that's all about water and you might have met sunny mm -hmm. at, at the, okay. yeah in the occupation at standing rock too mm -hmm. um so yeah, I would I would encourage anybody you know to September yeah September one through four, one through four 2023. Um, the the best way to get access to that is what what which organization would be highlighting it? We you know it's a good question. I would um I blue. I don't know if I have that. I think it's oil and uh, well, I know uh, pretty much the whole coalition against line would five is involved yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah, but I think it's and we, maybe we can check this if you've got access to internet. You know, I think it's water is life festival.org or if you were to just search into google waters life festival petoskey that's going to be what's coming up okay um and it should be really great and it's the kind of thing that like hey you know it's you know these the, the strength in numbers idea i mean just having people show up and celebrate the water and you know offer prayer offer you know learn how you can maybe get involved like you know even the smallest of things like we're in viroqua but you know can you get the town Council or the city council to just like pass a resolution, maybe you know, in opposition to this, or even just you know, doing these little things in these communities. And maybe there could be a you know, a group around here that's like, hey, we're gonna do a solidarity trip up to Mackinac mm -hmm. City and we'll spend a week and maybe carpool with a couple people. And yeah, that'll happen. This is a great area for that. Beautiful. And it is waterislifefestival.org. That's, great, that's where people can go. That is really good that we get that out, and, and this will be out for a while, and so maybe more and more people will hear about it. But the numbers are growing. The awarenesses are growing because people are starting to connect the dots, you know, that, oh, this is not just happening on native land, but it's happening here. And, oh, you know, like I said, that train derailment, that really woke up a lot of folk. That woke up a lot of folk. And so these different things that are happening are making people be aware that, that they haven't been aware. And, and, you know, the thing you said, younger people have been are starting to move towards apathy, some. But that's also true for my generation. The apathy's mm. kicked in a long time ago for them. Yeah, they mm. had money. They, were con they didn't have to care. Everything was smooth. But that's changing because they're starting to realize what they've left behind to their grandchildren. They're starting to realize, you know, that the screws have been put on. And, uh, you know, we, so we just need that. We need people to, to care. That's all. Just simply care in whatever way you can. And that's, uh, that's all we're doing, really. And we just happen to be two people who can do more for whatever reasons. You know, this is how we've been constructed. You well, know. and you're committed to it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're living the full thing. You've got, you've got the farm. You, I mean, mm -hmm. you're, you're getting the word out via podcasts mm -hmm. like this and just like, yeah, um, I mean, a lot changes, I think, when you're able to just do it, quote-unquote, full-time, right? I mean, just you're just giving yourself in. You're just doing it. Because, yeah, and why? Because I followed my heart. Oh. Okay? Because that's mm -hmm. why. I just When I heard about the prayers at Standing Rock, when I heard those prayers, I said, I have to go there. Mm -hmm. That's what drove me there. And it drove me every morning to the fire. 
mm. every morning to the fire. And, and that learning continues. That learning continues. So I really would like to hear if you, I tried to get you to do a song, and you could still do a song if you would like. And uh, we'll probably leave it at that then.
the medicines within You feel it when you find and seek the joy of being you The joy of being alive for another sunrise The birds around you singing The drumbeat of your heart The heartbeat of your rhythm holding this space on changing narratives and we'll keep going keep on going keep, keep fighting the good keep, fight yeah keep being you keep having fun baby we'll see you. we'll catch you all next time yes you will that's owen small you can find him at seekjoy.co and i'm dina eccles until next time <laughs>